Hello and welcome back to our Always and Forever podcast, The Doggone Truth About Rescue. Tonight we are going to dive into fundraising and upcoming events and how listeners can help support Always and Forever from locally, afar, however you want, but basically how we raise all of our money to run Always and Forever. All right, tonight we have two special guests with us. We have Jane and Shelby. If you guys can please introduce yourselves. Let's start off with Shelby. Hello, my name is Shelby, and I am the fundraising coordinator for Always and Forever. Hello, I'm Jane. I'm the finance coordinator. Thank you. We appreciate you both coming out and joining us tonight. Can you tell us a little more about what you do with Always and Forever and how you stumbled upon Always and Forever? For many years, I've been involved in animal rescue. And one of my dogs that I adopted was a senior. She was 10 when I got her, Emmy Lou Coxon. And she passed when she was 13. I had her exactly one week shy of three years. So it just showed me how special. No offense to the puppies and the young ones, but the old ones are fantastic. And I had a friend of mine in rescue. Her name's Jennifer. And we always dreamed of, funny enough, we always dreamed of buying a farm and taking in all the old ducks. So I get tagged in a post on Facebook one day and it's my friend Jennifer. And she's like, Shelby, someone's living our dream. And so I look and I'm like, my first thought was, where is Spring Hill, Kansas? <laughs> I think that's what we no. all say. Yeah. I, you know, at the time lived basically in Raytown. So I'm like, where the heck is Spring Hill, Kansas? And so I went to, I think it was, well, actually, I know it was the third orientation because back then we did these monthly birthday celebrations for the dogs and of course got lost. So I was late. I passed the barn entrance twice. So finally got in there and had my orientation course, fell in love with the dogs. Mama came over and just laid on my feet and she was one of the first dogs to love me. And so she was the best. And then, um... I got put in the volunteer group, and after a little bit, people were talking about fundraisers. And somebody said something about a fundraiser, a bingo at Hamburger Mary's. And somebody else said, oh, it's hard to get in there. And I'm like, well, I can get us in there. That's Fun fact, at the time, my hairdresser was performer there. He's moved on and is doing all kinds of famous other things now. He's touring the world. But so I was able to get in and get us one. And then after that, Jen was like, you want to do some more fundraising stuff? I'm like, sure. So that's kind of kind of where it went. And I just love doing it because I love everything about ANF and everything we do. And so. you're a very social person. So it's a wonderful fit. I'm, I'm social and I'm not shy. I yes. have no problem being told no. <laughs> So I have no problem asking for things and being shut down. Yes, it's fine. We fine. Uh, witnessed that at the cause for cause for a Q. Q. Q for a cause. Q, Q for, for a cause. cause. Q for a cause was our first fundraiser we joined hey. in on with you. But you know what? I bet we get invited back because we were the life we of the party. Blast. We were the life of the party. Yes, we were. We and were. fun fact. So I made Matt Beasler watch her stuff at the table. She didn't know who he was. No, sure didn't. Thank you for your donation. (laughs) That was a side note, though. At that event was my first experience of multiple people coming up. after They found out we were there saying, I've adopted through Always and Forever. Mm -hmm. And so that was my first time experiencing that. that. Amazing to know that Always and Forever, Mm -hmm. these chief players. Yes. He wanted a cat. He did. Was it Hardman? That was McCall yeah. Hardman, and I gave him my business card, and okay. he's not responded. I we should just follow like up on that. I know he's Hardman, a little busy right now, respond. but number 17 needs but to But he could respond. go home to a cat after again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big win. Go get a cat. It's a win-win. Can you share a little bit about yourself and how you found Always and Forever? Yes. So we had just moved back into the Kansas City area with our three rescue dogs after 30 years of being away. I had always been involved in nonprofits, and I was just looking for something I was really passionate about. And this was back at the time that the sanctuary was just opening in 2018. So a high school friend tagged me in a Facebook post about the sanctuary, and I was just immediately drawn by the focus on senior dogs. That was just always so heartbreaking to me how they just were overlooked, you know, often just mainly because of their age. So I went to an orientation and I was just really impressed by the open homestyle setting. And I fell in love with the dogs, the senior dogs that were there. And I think there were only about seven at that time. And, you know, at the orientation, I noticed that there were people of all ages and abilities there just learning to work with the volunteers. And so that gave me the idea of getting my father involved. 
And so my father was 90, and he lived with us at the time, and he just loved our dogs. So um, I started bringing him out to the sanctuary. And, you know, while I would clean up the yard or do laundry, he would just sit in the middle of the couch, and he would, um, you know, just give attention to a dog on each side of him. It would just, you know, it was something for him to do, just something, you know, a way for him to contribute that was really great. And that was just such a great opportunity for both of us and something to do together. I was a volunteer and then I started organizing and scheduling the medical appointments and the transport to the vet appointments, which my father and I also did a lot of, you know, just started record keeping and microchips. And as we started growing, we just all had to learn a lot of different functions. With the expansion of the seniors and the more advanced medical cases, we did find people with medical background who actually took the position of medical coordinator. And so then I began to focus on finance, just really everything numbers related. And that's where I still am today. So Jane, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the numbers that you speak of when people fundraise Where is that fundraising money going towards? The majority of it really goes towards our um, medical expenses. As I already mentioned, we have some very advanced cases and a lot of seniors, so we need a lot of vet care. You know, I can tell you that our medical expenses can range upwards of forty to fifty thousand dollars per month. Wow! So yeah, so that is a lot of it. You know, and also with the volume of dogs that we have, you know, just things like our preventatives and, you know, our monthly preventatives and then just the basic medications, microchips and all of that. I mean, that can run four to $5,000 a month as well. Between that and, you know, the fact that we are staffing four locations now, you know, and the rent and just the utilities involved with the extra facilities, you know, it takes a lot. So ballpark number per month. What would you say it costs to run Always and Forever the way that we do? You guys, I just want you guys to know for our past um, podcast interviewers and our future, Jane comes prepared. She comes with her notes. I was afraid I would be she asking the first questions. You guys, she comes prepared. Very organized. The person we would want in charge of numbers. Yes. I mean, honestly, our, our total expenditures for a month can range upwards of $150,000 wow, with wow. everything all all in. I know if you follow us on social media, of uh, Facebook, Instagram, every single day, there's a different fundraiser that'll pop up, especially for a specific animal. We've had two recent dogs specifically I want to bring up that what do you think Cole's specific surgery is up to? Well, I know our current outstanding is at least $6,000 for him. And then we had paid $1,500 down already. So yeah, and he's still, he's not, you know, he's not out of the hospital yet. So And the difference in Always and Forever to other shelters in that aspect is both dogs, I know Cole and Ember with what they needed, they probably would have just been put down otherwise, correct? At some places, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So when you see those on our pages and it is specifically for an animal, you know exactly where your money is going towards because it's a bill that is just going <laughs> to be there, right? Until <laughs> we pay it because we're not going to say no to helping an animal. So when you see those very specific ones, please consider donating because the surgery has already happened. We already decided to save that life. And now finding out a way to pay for it. And I'm supposed to get emotional. Sorry. <laughs> Size the crier. Just so everybody knows. Okay. So $150,000 a month is what it can be up to. How do we fill those bills? Shelby, let's talk about some fundraisers. Uh, yeah, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> well, I think one thing that's important is fundraising is definitely a team effort with all of us. We've got to, you know, it's got to everybody plays a role. So I, I kind of joke that I plan the party, but I can't do it without Jane who keeps track and keeps me halfway sane because budgets and money is not my forte. I'm not even going to pretend like it is. I'll go out and ask for money and ask for donations and things like that. But um, I think something that's really important for everybody to know is that everybody can help in some way, whether it's sharing one of the posts on social media, whether it's reaching out um, to someone you know that maybe has a certain business that may want to partner with us or 
got a rich uncle out there, you know, well, <laughs> that really likes yeah. animals. Especially with the fundraisers that we do with some of the raffles mm-hmm. and the gala of if you have a friend that runs a small business that mm-hmm. wants to get that traffic or things like that to just get a gift certificate donated items donated it helps mm-hmm. out specifically the gala can you i know that's mm-hmm. like your baby <laughs> it is which is so funny we're close by we are um yeah so the gala happens every year so funny story it was the first time it was right after we had had bingo at hamburger mary's and i'd been around a few months and you know how jenna sometimes with some of her ideas she's like let's plan a gala it's like okay i'm like well when and she's like it ended up being in like three months I'm like, woo, okay, no pressure. So <laughs> we we put it together and we made it happen. And oh my gosh, what was that? Thirty thousand we raised at that first gala, I think. Wow. Something like yeah. that. It, around there, mm-hmm. around there. And so the gala now, it was kind of a. It was actually I can laugh about it now, but it was kind of a nice mistake. I actually booked the venue this last year and didn't realize I already had plans, very important plans, out of town that weekend. So then we got it fixed and everything was fine. Well, then Jen had plans. So we kept going back and forth, finally made it work at the Uptown. It was great. But yeah, that's it kind of worked out well because now the gala moved to May. Now it's almost become like our anniversary celebration too, if you want, because Mother's Day weekend is our kind of official opening. It's turned into a fundraiser, but also a celebration of the last year to be able to highlight things we've done, things we've got coming up. We've had some great partners that have worked with us. And of course, we like to support businesses too. So we find ways for with all sponsors, we find ways to promote them as well, because we want to be able to help and support local businesses and other things like that. So we've had a lot of people that like you said, either they've donated a gift card, or maybe they've just gave cash. Some people um, have bought a table and sent friends, family, other people like that to come to the gala. And like last year, we had dancing and just it was just a blast. I actually had a couple of friends that came to it and they're like, when is it next year? I got to get this on my calendar for next year. So yeah, I, I love the gala. It's a blast. So last year's I did attend and it was very nice. Thank you. I didn't attend this year because we had a football game and I heard lots of compliments of how well it was ran, how nice it was. So yes. Yay. Good. So planning for this upcoming year, when can people start reserving tables, doing donations towards it? So it'll be May 13th, unless that's not a Saturday and we can cut that part out. <laughs> but I'm almost positive it's May 13th. It'll be at the Uptown Theater again. Okay. So, <laughs> so tickets will typically go on sale if it's mid-May, month, month and a half out. Does that sound right, Jane? Yes. Um, Obviously, depending on what sponsor level they're at and things like that. Even if you don't want to be considered a sponsor per se, we have a whole bunch of people that'll just donate and be like, just use it towards the gala. I don't need to be recognized. Just do what you need to do with it. What did the last gala bring in, fundraising-wise? 85000 85000 Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's, a- that's after cost, right? After cost, yeah. Okay. Total net. So this year's goal, 100000 Hey, absolutely. I, I'm putting it out there. <laughs> Manifest it oh. into the universe. I'm, I'm pretty competitive more with myself than other people, so I like that number. And I, I think we can get there. One thing to keep in mind is we started having the golf tournament too, which pulls sponsors a little bit. But So we'll still have the golf tournament. And also was still there were still some people that were a little leery about COVID. But our numbers were still good. And so everybody just had a good time and... Considering it was a great problem to have, but we had to hit a point where we moved to a different venue. Mm -hmm. Like we were doing it at like wineries and other places and things and we just outgrew it, which is again, a great problem to have, but with bigger, nicer venues is a higher cost. So our overhead is more to put on events like that. So if you are listening and have a larger venue in Kansas City that you would like to donate, (laughs) hey, let's go. Please email (laughs) always and forever. It'd be a great Hey, overhead costs taken care of. This is the doggone truth about <laughs> rescues. <laughs> like, let's go. I mean, really, because the other thing to keep in mind, too, is when we do events like these, people always ask. I always get a chuckle when I go meet with event planners and other stuff. And they're like, what's your budget? I'm like, I don't have a budget. <laughs> my budget is the ticket sales and the sponsorships. Yeah. So my first goal for any event is just to cover our estimated costs. Right. Then, of course, obviously, we want to pull in billions and billions of dollars besides that. But yeah, we don't have a fundraising budget. 
there's zero dollars for that. What we pull in, and Jane figures that all out, thank goodness, because that is not my forte. Yeah. She probably just, her brain's probably exploding like Shelby. That doesn't, your list doesn't make sense, but first step's admitting it, right? Just sitting here watching you two, you are the yin to the yang Uh of each other's personalities, (laughs) um, work ethics. It's pretty unique to see. Yeah, she's got her charts, and I just came in ready to wing it. I'm just, you know, let's go. Jane, I have to ask, what is a few ongoing fundraisers for Always and Forever right now? As far as ways to donate or help with Always and Forever, I mean, ongoing is you can always make a donation on the website, PayPal, Venmo. You can always mail in a check, um, support our Facebook fundraisers. Um, You can ask your employer about workplace giving programs. So they often have, you know, you can often have payroll deductions for donations or just make a flat-out donation, and the employers will often match 100% of that. So that is a really good thing. Um, You can designate Always and Forever as your charity on Amazon Smile, and we get um, 0.5% of the dollar amount of the spending, you know, which can really add up especially with the holidays coming up. You can be a sponsor um, and get your logo and link on our website, you know, a link to your own social media. There is a donate and auto program where, um, yeah, and you can, that's that's available through our website. You can get a tax deduction, donate a, you know, an, a vehicle you no longer use, and then always and forever gets a portion of the proceeds once it's sold. And I think, not to interrupt, but they can do, like, boats and RVs and stuff, too, right? Mm -hmm. All kinds of different vehicles, yeah. We have wish lists with Walmart. If you designate Always and Forever, you can round up your payment up to the nearest dollar amount, and we get the donation. Also on, you know, Amazon and Chewy, we have uh, wish lists. And you can shop our merchandise. Through our website, there is a link to uh, Lee's Front Door, which is a local Spring Hill merchant. And our merchandise is also available in the store. You know, and one other thing is we also can accept stock donations. So that is something that you can, you know, contact us through the website. And, uh, you know, we can work with you on the specifics. I just learned so much information. (laughs) On ways to donate that I, I was not aware. Jane with her notes, she came prepared. It's because I have a terrible memory. So I, <laughs> like, I knew I do too. But I knew about the anima- like Amazon Smile. I, I knew that. about the website and yeah. the ones we have, but no idea about the stocks and donating vehicle in the Walmart Roundup. Mm-hmm. How much do we usually bring in? I'm going to ask you the numbers well, now that, that you is, have them. I mean, from like is, Amazon Smile and things that you don't even realize is, you're donating. That is brand new. No, so we get a payout quarterly from Amazon Smile. You know, we've gotten, we got, well, five, between five and $6,000 wow. per quarter. That's cold surgery. So, yeah. Right there. Yeah, we just need to get the word out. And, you know, we could get even so much more with all the Amazon shoppers. Mm-hmm. We know you're out there. I was going to say I shop on Amazon way I too much, so a good chunk of that yeah. is probably... And a Prime and Day has Jen, to be coming I'm sure. up. Yeah. Oh, Jen. Black Friday. Black Friday's coming Black up. Black Friday's coming up, mm-hmm. Cyber That's Monday. Right. right. Yeah. Sign up for Amazon is Smile. Find us. Every one of our listeners or followers on Facebook or social media or even our podcast can like uh, share, mm-hmm. smile, Amazon, or... Yeah, once you sign up for it, then make sure you share it with your friends to make sure they're signed up on it. Domino effect. I like what we're doing here. Love it. You well, like it. I, I love it. Share it. I learned so much. Stocks. Yeah. What are some of the upcoming fundraisers that we have? So, yeah, a few things we have going on. We've got all kinds of stuff, big events, small events. Um, one thing to put out to people, we were talking earlier about people donating space is we're always looking for places like, oh gosh, like an Elks Lodge, FOP Hall, Knights of Columbus Hall, even a, you know, basement of a venue, something like that, that we can use for events. Um, In February, we're hoping to have a poker tournament. But the only thing holding us up right now, we have a whole team of professional poker players that have donated their time to put on it and bring all the supplies and do all that. We just don't have a space for it yet. I have a couple of leads. How big of a space do we need? 
Our goal, I would love to have at least 100 people play. So I don't know a lot about poker. I've played before, but I just lose all my money. Side pockets. Look into side pockets. Yeah. We did a Kansas City Glory thing. Yeah, I had a fundraiser there. Yeah. For football. And it's in Blue Springs, right by the hospital. But it's not only Blue Springs side pockets. It could be Lee Summit. It could be the one up north. I'm not sure. Small world. I know the owner of the side pockets. Well, he needs this. (laughs) Side pockets. Yeah. They are huge on doing support Mm -hmm. for small organizations. I'm coming for you, Bill. We're going to talk. Bill's his name. Yeah. Small world. Kansas City. Very small world. Very small world. But... Any places, um, another event that I would like to do is um, a pancake supper. There's a local organization that will come out and on the griddle will make you pancakes and sausage and juice and all that. And they actually provide a nonprofit discount. We just need a place with tables and chairs is really what we need. So, I mean, all types of smaller, bigger. I've been talking to Beth quite a bit, the cat coordinator. I find some some ideas just come to me at weird times, but then some I, of course, look at other rescues around the country. And there was a group that did a wine and, like, charcuterie board night, and they called it Cats and Cabernet. So I'm just having a bunch of the kittens around that can chill out, and people can try some different wines and pet cats and have some cheese and meats and things like that. So we're looking at that. Of course, we're we already planning for the galas year-round. Mm-hmm. We're already setting the date as we speak for the golf tournament. For next year, it looks like it'll be October 20th. Nobody hold me to that just yet, but it's looking very positive for that. We do bowling in January. It'll be the last weekend in January. So we have tournament or just open bowling? Just fun. Okay. Just fun. So basically what typically happens is you do have to fundraise a certain amount of money or just donate. Okay. There are some people that just don't like asking people for money. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, hey, can I just donate 50 bucks? Absolutely. So we'll have different levels for that. But yeah, by the depending on what level you donate, you can just come and bowl. We also accept virtual bowlers for that. So if somebody doesn't live nearby but wants to fundraise for us, they can go to their local bowling alley sometime around that time. Yeah, and there's enough bowling leagues around here that we can oh, just yeah. tap. We need to tap into those. Yeah, so if somebody lives in California or, heck, they live in Australia. I get people from Australia asking all the time how they can do stuff. And so they can just go bowl at their local place. December 1st, I don't know if it's sold out yet or not, but Bingo at Hamburger Mary's is December 1st. You do have to get reservations because it always sells out. I always have people the week of, they're like, I didn't get my seat in time. And I'm like, how often do we do Hamburger Mary's? Usually twice a year. Okay. Once you've had one, they do ask you to wait a while because there are a lot of charities in town that they want to they want to be able to support everybody, which I completely understand. So we usually have two of those a year. Two Hamburger Mary's, one gala, one golf outing, and then a bunch of a fun, random, whatever fits your hobby outside of rescues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had, especially during COVID, we had to get really real creative. This is one of those <laughs> occurred to me out of nowhere, but it's been real popular and we'll probably do it again. We did, we called it the concoction auction. So <laughs> what it is, is you're literally, we have the whole site and you just know you're bidding on, for example, 750 milliliters of tequila. Okay. That's all you know. Regular bottle of Cabernet, right? you know, whatever it is. And people went nuts over it. And like a $30 bottle of wine went for 150 bucks or something, you know, things like that. People, especially on the whiskey, the scotch, stuff like that. Because you don't know. Yeah. And we had some real nice donations of some hard to get stuff and some of the, and people just had so much fun. Bring it back, Shelby. I'm, I'm trying. So that's another thing. People can donate to s- stuff that we could put in that. So Perfect. even if you know somebody that owns a liquor store and they'll give us two bottles of something, mm-hmm. that's a great way to help because... I think we've usually had about 75 items in that auction, so it works out good. We just, we have all kinds of stuff, even um, in March, something to keep an eye out that's so much fun. Miranda, actually, this was her idea, and I keep making her do it each year. She tries to say, maybe not this year, but it's so much fun. We do where you can pay, and we will come and drop eggs in your front yard, both with that have dog treats in them and human toys and candy you tell us if you want half animal treats half human treats all animal all human and so i've done it the last couple of years i've went and bought myself some like dollar tree bunny ears and that is so we much tell them fun. about what time we're coming and we just drop a bunch of eggs all over their lawn and put a note on their door <laughs> that says that you know always and forever sent the goofy rabbit to your house and so we just try to do all kinds of just because even if it's i hate to say only five thousand dollars that's like you said that's cole taylor's saving one dog. I mean... Well, you know what else was new this year that was really fun was the Uno. 
you know, oh, tournament. Yeah. Whoops, I totally forgot about yep, that. Yep, yep. And the 5K. Yeah. So that was a new event. Jane, you know. what's been your favorite ANF um, event? You know, I do love the galas, and I thought this year was particularly fun. The venue was just amazing, and the fact that we had a dance floor and added the dancing, that just made it so much fun. Well, Shelby, I've learned just dances anywhere at any event, That's but I'm sure accurate. on a stage it looks better. I actually, today, <laughs> this is political as I'll ever get, when I was putting in my ballot to vote today, I did a little dance, and the poll worker complimented my dance moves while I was that. waiting for my... Did you wear your always in for a sweatshirt? I did not, but funny, because I snuck over over lunch. <laughs> So I was I was dressed nicely from the waist up, and then I had to remember to take my flannel pants off before I went that were Sh- under my Shelby dress. Shelby works at home. I, oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. I, yes, I work from home with my two micromanaging always and forever foster fails. Sit and watch me all day as I work. So, yeah, good call. Thank you. But last time I voted, the woman rec- remembered my shirt because I had on an ANF shirt, and apparently I wore the same shirt the previous time I voted. I don't know if I just stand out that much or not that many people vote that's at my a, precinct. It's a little That's weird. a really good memory on her part. She remembered it, and then she asked me if I'd ever be interested in being a poll worker. I said, I give me a year or two, see and I could... That. She'll be over there dancing, giving out <laughs> They're going to put you as a greeter her. at the door, like, come on yeah. in. Oh, I pass yeah. out the pins <laughs> yep. and greet people. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take a change in this conversation. And <laughs> I have to ask you guys the last few episodes we've been talking about the homestead. If you guys can share with our listeners, what does the homestead mean to you? And how does fundraising play a role in the homestead? Yes. Jane, you're the number lady. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, you know, for the homestead, it will just be amazing to pull all of our animals together on one site. And for me, that is just the hugest thing to combine all the locations. And I think that will allow us to just really focus on the animals and the mission and, you know, not just have to be running around all over the place, driving them here and there. And then the ultimate be when we have our own vet hospital on the homestead. It will just be amazing for everyone and just give us so much more time to just focus on, you know, the animals. And a side note that we were informed of is that you have watched Always and Forever literally come from nothing. And now we have this vision of the homestead. Is it something you could have ever imagined come true? Like when you first saw those blueprints? Oh my gosh, no, no. Uh, Because, you know, I remember from the very start, I mean, when we started this, we were just tracking everything on spreadsheets. I mean, that's all we had. And like, as we've grown, we grew from over seven animals to taking in over 3,000 while I've been there. And, you know, we've just had to evolve our practices and learned how to use web-based record management systems. And now we've got accounting software and we've got fundraising platform just come so far. And so it's just really amazing to see. And then I mean, this is just the ultimate dream of pulling it all together. Being in one place, I totally agree with, although it will be a little bittersweet because I live 3.2 miles from the Gray Barn. So that part is a little, but it will. It'll be absolutely perfect and it makes total sense. For me on the homestead, it's just, I know I've told this story to other people before, but like I've never owned cats until two years ago and the pandemic will do weird things to people. And I now have two cats and they're both special needs cats, which are even harder to place. They're FIV positive, which is like the cat version of HIV. So they can only be with other FIV positive cats. They basically have no immune system. So right now they're okay because I feed them insanely expensive cat food. And they go to the vet and they, I well, chunky not so much, but I try to keep their weight down. I do my very best. But um, one of the things that I really asked, advocated for was we always plan to have cat barns out there. But I said, can one of them specifically be for FIV cats? Because so many of them, there's just nowhere for them to go. And it's really not... Yes, it's an extra expense to have special needs cats, but so many of them just get put down because of that. I was going to say, do other shelters, how do they typically handle that type of cat? Just put them down instead um, of... It, it probably depends on the shelter if they have foster. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And I do know some people that advocate specifically for, and I'm going to mess this up. There's the FIV and then there's Feliv, which is like feline leukemia. Oh. So there's people, there's a lot of advocates actually locally that fight for these animals because they do just get put down just... 
because of that. Mm-hmm. But the other part too is they are an extra expense, which same with senior dogs. Miami Lou was like a mortgage payment every month at the vet towards the end there, but I'd do it all over again. With those cats, they have to be separate. They can't be around any other cats. So depending on the shelter, I know a lot of shelters just have a huge open area that has tons of cat trees and places where cats can roam and play. And well, FIV cats can't do that. So is that in the blueprints for the homestead? Did I, that get passed? I asked for it. So I think it's, it may be a little down the road, but I think it's... We'll get there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm also really excited about a small dog barn. Oh, yeah. That's Jane's jam. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Jane's small dog person. I mean, we have amazing fosters, so most of our small dogs go right to foster, but, you know, to have a location, to just have them there and interact with them and just be able to save so many more will be amazing. So how much do we need to fundraise for all of our dreams and goals? About... Nine million, but <laughs> we'll get there. We're no taking pressure. We're taking into phases. <laughs> one brick, one light bulb at a time. That's one right. piece of plywood at a time. If by chance the person in California that just won two point one billion dollars is listening, yes. was it in California? It was. Yes, I saw somebody in California, won, but I didn't see what state or I didn't random millionaires. You didn't have to be the winner. Just oh, throw it on out there. Yeah, California. Come on. Or even if you didn't win. The big one, you know, like we've talked about, I know I sound like I'm, you know, beating it into the ground, but every little bit makes a difference. Like some people are like, oh, I only have 20 bucks or I only have this. We did a thing one time that was pretty successful where we put up a fundraiser for each dog and it was just how much their vet bills were. And nobody had to cover the whole cost of that dog. You could put five bucks, 10 bucks. And we got so many dogs vet bills covered. And so even if somebody says, oh, I see Butterball and I love that beautiful face and that gorgeous, you know, jawline and teeth, teethers and stuff. And I want to donate to a specific dog. Sure. There are plenty of ways to do stuff like that. Oh, also, sorry, you can always cut this stuff out if I talk too much. It's just who I am as a person. I'm sorry. But also we always do something around the holidays where it's kind of each a dog every day from Thanksgiving night to Christmas Eve gets to like read their letter to Santa, so to speak, over social media. And then Miranda, it's kind of come a tradition. She reads one of the dogs night before Christmas, that last night. So actually, the first year we did it, it was a total fluke because all the dogs got to go home for the holidays except for one dog. There was one dog at the barn, except for the the sweet dogs, but all the downstairs dogs. So she read a story, and I'm just like bawling. Part of that also is to get the dogs adopted. That's the other part of that one. It's not always so much fundraising, but just exposure because mm-hmm. you never know who's going to see a certain dog and fall in love with them. And every dog that gets adopted is space for another dog right. or cat. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's just as important, too. Absolutely. Jane, I'm a listener, and I want to know about the upcoming events. Where can I go to find this information? Mostly on our website, alwaysandforever.org, or our Facebook page, it's always and forever Midwest Animal Sanctuary. Yep, there's an events Under tab. Under events, yeah, yeah, events tab. And then we we will pop up on Amazon Smile and Walmart, so they just need to type in our name and yes. connected accounts. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you can find all of this on our website as well, like how to donate, you know. All right, so with the holiday season coming up, we have the Thanksgiving to Christmas with the cards no, not the but cards. Letters to, Santa. letters to Santa's. But Jane, we do have something with cards, correct? Yes. So last year we did a Christmas card challenge where you could send a card um, with this, you know, small donation to your dog of choice. And we did keep track of who got the most cards and we had like our top three winners. And I think they just got like, you know, a special treat or something. But it was really interesting to see all the various places the cards came in from. So we had cards from 31 different states. And we even had some from Canada and wow. yeah, some a few international. Yeah, so that, will, that starts in the month of December. And if there's dogs at different shelters, do they send them all to just the little red barn and they get distributed? Or should they send them to the different locations? Just, just to the little red okay. barn. Yeah. Okay. So you said it was just a few states last year, and then Canada. we got yeah we got from thirty one different states more than thirty one <laughs> different states. <laughs> well, with our listeners, we are in thirty six countries. 
So 36 countries have now listened to our podcast in 429 total cities. So I think we might be able to beat 31 states. If not, we're definitely going to be international. Yeah, we got to find somebody that can take on this project. (laughs) Also true. But I'm saying, was it Hannah last year? Um, So Maddie helps. Maddie. Hi, Maddie. (laughs) Maddie, if you're listening. Um, I want at least 10 countries. We can do it. This is going to be my goal for this. If you are listening, and I'm going to make a TikTok about it too, and hopefully it goes viral, just pops off of sending Christmas cards to the dogs. We're going to have to dress them up in Santa and elves asking. My eyes twitching Why are you staring? (laughs) My eyes twitching because I'm thinking of projects to do right now. (laughs) The only problem with that, they send foreign currency. Oh, my And then you have to go there, you know. You're so right. The exchange rate and the exchange of the listeners. Yes, we (laughs) are in the United States. No, I have an idea. (laughs) Virtual, if you are international, do a virtual card to the barn and then donate through the website. Does that work? Yeah. Or then mow and note Venmo. the dog. Yep. You know, some, how, somehow that you can definitely note who it's for. Yes. Because we don't want to make do, more work. We mm-hmm. should do a challenge of whatever barn raises, whatever barn dogs raises the most. Oh, we could do that. We could do you that. You know we all about the challenge at the Little Gray Barn. <laughs> Team Gray Barn. Thank yeah, you. Let's go. <laughs> it's on Greeley, Osawatomi. I finally can say it right. And Little, Little Red, Red Barn. Jin, you're going down. Is there anything else you want to include or educate about fundraising and numbers within Always and Forever? You know? Shout out to Jane again with her papers. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I haven't missed anything. <laughs> I think it's really important to just go over what it does cost to run always and forever and the dogs that we give a chance at with the surgeries that others wouldn't. Um, I brought up Ember a little bit, but this week, very common thing happened to her that does enlarge dogs that her stomach flipped. Mm-hmm. And usually the mortality rate to that is extremely high. Uh, I think Jen had mentioned that Ember is the first one that has survived mm-hmm. the surgery under Always and Forever because it was caught so quickly. Shout out to Sydney and Justin at the Little Gray Barn. For catching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It happened. Sydney caught her stomach actually filling out and bloating. Posted it in the she medical group. She was foaming at the mouth. Yep. She started yeah. foaming at the mouth of that we were there to witness it and get her immediately in to have the surgery, which is $7,500 mm-hmm. to save her life. And I know in other shelters, they wouldn't have even done that surgery because of the high percentage of it not working. And so I just think of those stories and Cyrita and I work with Ember on the weekends at Little Gray Barn and you gain this connection to these dogs of how thankful we are for the donations to save Ember because it's not just a name. Like it's our family members at Little Gray Barn every day. And <laughs> I know Cy's gonna get emotional yeah. now. <laughs> but honestly, it's those surgeries that always and forever does that others will not that is making the difference in what sets us apart from others. So when you are considering your donations and your hard earned dollars, it's stories like that, that makes a difference of giving Ember another day for us to love on her and help her find her forever home. So, well, and sometimes there's even been situations where I like, I know one time I got called up to the gray barn just cause I live close and they're like, can you take this certain dog up to the vet and I got there and they're like well this dog needs to be put down and I'm sitting there like this is not a decision that I can make this is not at my pay grade and so I got a hold of Jen and she's like nope we're getting a second opinion and sometimes even if the second opinion is it's not going to work then they come home with somebody for a couple days and have the best life they can have whether it's for a day two days sometimes we get them you know that come on a freedom ride and they're much worse than maybe we knew or something so it may be that sometimes they're living at jen's house for a day or two and get spoiled rotten or just go into somebody's house for a couple of days or like franny who knows how long she'll be there pospis fosters and other things like that so i appreciate it but i know it costs more money right but like jen what is jen saying you can't put a price on a soul Mm mm-hmm If we are able to help in any way possible, we're going to find a way. And I think that's something that's really, really important to bring up. And I know you all have talked about this on previous podcasts, Mm -hmm. but in case somebody's new or missed some, 
is we don't charge adoption fees. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. That is a point I wanted to mention Mm -hmm. on that separates us so much from other shelters is that your fundraising goes directly towards finding these animals a home at not a cost for the people Mm -hmm. adopting or fostering. Yeah. If you come to always and forever and want to pick up a dog and all the medical bills have already been paid for and we are just looking for that special home. Yeah. I mean, it's just finding the perfect place for them. Because like I said earlier, with Emmy Lou, Lord, I just would walk in with one eye closed and just hand them my wallet and be like, just don't tell me how much it's going to be this time. Because it is. It's not taking in especially a senior or a special mm-hmm. needs dog or cat. It's not cheap. No. And so to be able to do that. So when we talk about fundraising, I mean, most places don't get any kind of assistance from cities, counties. Some do. But when I say we get nothing, I mean, we truly... Like when I say we got zero budget, we got... <laughs> and I'm going to bring Jane in again, our number lady, mm-hmm. going to be honest here. We did record the adoption episode prior to this one, but this one might release first. We're still working on learning how to edit an all virtual one, but we did ask the adoption team about numbers and they weren't exactly sure, but I feel like you would. So when we take in a dog on average, like that intake vet bill and getting them caught up on their shots, uh, records, everything like that. What is the typical cost per dog? Well, if you're looking at a senior dog, just your basic vetting, and we always do a senior blood profile as well. It runs an average of $250 okay. for a dog. And then for our cat vetting, it's about, I would say, an average of $120 per cat. Just So that's that. just their initial, initial appointments. And I feel like that's what a lot of other shelters that I've read on that's what they charge is the adoption fee. Just mm-hmm. that 250 300 that it's covered, but always and forever takes care of that. And that's if there is not any medical issues. Right. And we also are, um, we have some amazing vets who do work with us, you know, and do just help us save more animals by working with us on pricing. So that that is another huge help. That's really the only reason that we're just able to save so many. Shout out to the vets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think when you're thinking of how much you should fundraise or anything like that, 150 to 250 covers the vet mm-hmm. bill for us to take in another animal off the bat. And then everything on top of that, we also need to find a way to cover. So uh, just numbers. I really am a number person as well. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate I'm the not. spreadsheets and the receipts that you have that solidifies it in people's minds. Oh, like out of sight, out of mind. They're doing a great thing yeah. of hard facts, $40,000 a month in vet bills. Okay. And we need to find a way to cover it. What episode is this? Fundraising? Yeah, no, like, what <laughs> number are we on, girl? You smarty. I think we're working on episode seven, maybe eight. And as we get down to, like, the nitty gritty. Seven. Yeah. The seven. Uh, dog the on truth. dog on truth of rescues. It's, like, real, you guys. Like, this is really not easy. Like No. Yeah. Mm. And just listening to these numbers what we need to do to raise these funds you never know like it's pretty unpredictable i mean there are conditions in the economy that are unforeseen there are medical emergencies just things that you can't always predict so you can try to you can try to budget and you can try to have projections and can just totally be derailed and it's interesting you say that because i just think of the covid years the one time i went to visit jen and there were zero dogs in the barn or maybe like two or three because everybody wanted a dog during covid and being in the pandemic and in isolation and now it's almost the opposite of everybody finding out getting back in their normal schedules and school sports work traveling of oh these dogs aren't fitting into our schedule anymore and now how many dogs do we have in our care i mean total within foster homes and everywhere i think we have probably 175 Right now in our care, that's cats and dogs. So how do you plan and fosters of yeah. having no hardly any animals in the care to over almost 200 of that fluctuation? And then every day, more getting tagged. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's hard, too. And this is slightly depressing, so feel free to cut it out. 
but um, Sai usually cries during every episode. Okay, so if there are not tears, it's not a good okay, episode. I'm sorry. Another harsh reality of it is too is like there's an amazing rescue community, not just in the Kansas City area, but you know, in multiple states and other stuff like that. But I know that I'm on a lot of Facebook pages and other stuff where the sad reality is it's they're telling us this dog or cat, this is what time they're being put down. Half of them don't have a name. They're a number. They're a 12-year-old blah, blah. They're whatever it is. And that's the thing that just kills me is you sit there and you're like, how do you choose? Like, how in the world does anybody? And again, as you're on those and the lists start to dwindle, unfortunately, it's not because they got adopted. Or sometimes it is. With those, you have to get to a certain point where you disassociate and it's not an animal anymore. mm -hmm. They are just a number and at Always and Forever, it's the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. They have a name. They have personality. They have okay, Sheila. They get to make TikToks of them rolling TikToks. We're doing fun days with them. They become a part of our members. Like they're a family member. As soon as they come through, always and forever. Mm -hmm. They're one of our dogs. And yeah, at those ones you talk about, it is just a number in and out. And if they're not out fast enough, not a number with us. No, no. Yeah, but we can use some numbers in dollars. Yes, we can. (laughs) Yeah, but. It is the hard truth, and it's okay, because that's what this podcast is all about, and we get down to the nitty-gritty. We do. Yeah. So when, again, I try to be real careful, but when I see friends or family or other people with that new puppy they bought at a store that they bring home at Christmas, or, you know, surprise a family member that didn't ask for an animal, and they, that's on TikTok. I see a ton of those. Where somebody's parents. Yeah, somebody's. Or yes. like... Somebody like their dad's dog dies. Yes. So they go out and get them an animal and bring it to them. You he don't didn't get ask to, no. them. And so unfortunately, and usually spring is when all those puppies become grown dogs. Yeah. And they get released. But if you are looking for a puppy, we do have three available right there now. There are a few. We get a few now and again. Lots of kittens. <laughs> it's Sable. What are their names? It's Sable. Oh. Uh, there's three of the red healers. Go left. to our website. Oh, and you'll the know. healers. The yes. three healers. Um, yes. Is that what? The three healers. Okay. Anyways, so if you are ready, no memory. not just for the holidays, yes, we do have puppies available right now. It's a, not a lifetime commitment, but it's a, it could be a 15, 20. I had a Jack Russell Terrier that almost made it to his 22nd birthday. Yes. So they can, it's a, it's a commitment. It's a commitment. And so, yeah, when you're somebody that every day sees that list, it's, it's hard when I see people not adopt. And I will bring it up. It's on the adoption episode, but I think it's such an amazing part of Always and Forever that we are guaranteed to take the animal back compared to other shelters and puppy stores or pets, wherever you decide to get your dog. Um, With Always and Forever, if your life does change for whatever reason and an animal does not fit into it anymore that you adopted to, we welcome them back with open arms Mm -hmm. to help find them. Well, and this is, I'm going squirrel a little bit here, but... There's so many scenarios that I've seen where somebody, you know, is going into a nursing home or their owner died or so it's not always just I mean, sadly, we do see the we can't care for it anymore. We don't want it. Or the divorces, the breakups, kids going up to school, schedules, Mm -hmm. everything. Health declining. Health declining injuries. Yeah. So, I mean, I've watched some people make one of the hardest decisions of their lives to relinquish a dog. I can say I have adopted three seniors <laughs> from always and forever who probably, you know, wouldn't be here today if they hadn't stepped in. So I am just so grateful for them every day. Mm-hmm. Which three do you have? I have Bart, Matty, and Chris. And that's kind of, you know, going back to my cats, it's kind of the same thing. I don't know that they would have, you know, been in the same place. Right. If I didn't end up with them. So it's always in forever. So yeah, now I have the two most spoiled cats in America. So yes, (laughs) we see them. Well, we appreciate you both coming out and sharing the numbers and the fundraisers, the doggone hard truth about rescues and the facts of what it takes to run this every single day. And so, yes, those are big numbers, but we have a lot of followers, a lot of listeners, and it only takes a little bit from every single one to make a difference. Amen. Amen. One last question. One last question that we always ask. We need the sponsor for our episode. So, Jane, Shelby, favorite dog right now at Always and Forever. That if you could take him home, you would. I'm going to pick Terry, one of the little Havanese that was just rescued. There was like 40. How many dogs were rescued out of that? So there were 10. And I actually got to go. I actually got to transport them. And that was my first 
time ever having direct contact with the animals, you know, initially taking them and bringing them. So you did a freedom you know, ride for second chance. Yes. Oh it was wow. I'm sorry. Where did they come from? It was great. It, it was a hoarding situation. Okay. And they were relinquished and then they had to, you know, find placements for them. And they so all did find we fosters. Took 10. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes, they did. Yeah. There were 32 of them, but so that one, the one just really caught my heart because when we, we put them in these nice little kennels that we, you know, had set up for them in the back of our cars. And she just like dove in and rolled over on her back and just like rolled around and just so happy seemed to be, to be yeah, yeah, comfortable and just had space and safe. And she just sticks out in my mind. Terry. Has Terry been adopted yet or still just no, foster? She's still in a foster home. Okay. And they're all on the website, I'm assuming. Yes. Of if they are still available. If you are into small dogs, we just took in 10. So check it out. And I, have Shelby. A, I have a thing for animals with human names. So when you say Terry, I'm like, oh, man, I love animals with human names, uh, which is not going to. Uh, my favorite is not due to his name. So you don't like any of the animals that Jen is named? Paprika, peppers, poppy seed, probably. She's the worst. Poppy seed. Is that anyway. name poppy seed? I don't know. Okay, and well. I've only been allowed to name one dog and I got fired for five minutes for it. Was it oh, date? Was it? I named her Barkley, and I thought that was a very cute name. That's a cute name. I like Barkley. And I got fired for five minutes. But no one so. else does fundraising like you do. <laughs> I'll stick to that. I'll say that. But anyhow, went squirrel again. Uh, mine is definitely Cadillac. <gasps> Shout out, Caddy. Caddy. If I could take that dog home. I'm not sure who'd went out to fight him or Pam, my little seven pound cat. I so don't I know do. how he hasn't been adopted yet. I have absolutely yeah. zero. Cadillac is one of our originals at Little Gray Barn. Mm-hmm. He has been now. He went uh, up to Little Red Barn. Yeah, he's now at Little two Red Barn. Two months mm-hmm. ago? Two months ago? Yeah. And he's fitting in so well. So Cadillac was at Little Gray Barn because he was a little dog selective. And then had started to show progression with partner walks with baby who has since been adopted Mm -hmm. from little gray barn. And now he's at little red barn doing groups and Mm -hmm. really thriving baby. I call him my peeled potato coming into his own finally. And he's so happy and just ready like he is, and that's what makes me not be so bitter because it's the running joke that they take all my favorite dogs from the gray barn Mm -hmm. and they go to the red barn. Yeah. And I just get my heart ripped out. Of like their self growth, their it is coming and so that's, their own. That's where I try to stay positive about mm-hmm. it. All of a sudden, I'll be working and I see a message that's like, "Oh, Cadillac's leaving at three o'clock." Our and heart I'm sinks, like, but it's a happy. It is. It's a happy one. But I love Cadillac so much. My little peel potato. He's just. He's literally perfect. And anybody out there that's just looking for a lazy, sweet dog that you just want to lay around with and couch potato, pet his belly, and just yeah. And he's, he, he's going to be the photo of this episode. So if you're listening <laughs> and he's now the sponsor, I don't have any photos of Terry, um, but I do have lots of photos of Cadillac. So Cadillac will be on the cover of the episode if you're wondering what he looks like. You guys should go see my Cookie with Cadillac show. Oh, if you yes. Have yes. Yes. Check him out. Well, thank you both for coming out. And like I said, given the doggone truth about the fundraising and cost of the rescue. And always, it's never too late for happily ever after.